This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd with His Excellency Archbishop Alexander Sample. And today we are actually recording during the very beginning of Catholic Schools Week. We've got a special guest I want to include in our broadcast. But before we get started, Archbishop, would you lead us in prayer? I think we have a really encouraging program to share with our people. Sure, for sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, as we enter into this Catholic Schools Week, we ask you to be with us in this radio broadcast as we share good news with all of our listeners. We ask you to send the Holy Spirit to anoint the ears of our listeners so that they may hear a word of encouragement and faith uh, for them today. So, Father, as always, we place this radio time in your hands, asking you to lead it and guide it according to your good will and purpose. All this we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. O Mary, conceive without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to Thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, we are in such a beautiful time in the church, and I'm really excited to introduce Mr. Elias Moe. He is joining us, one of the newest members of the Archdiocese of Portland family, hailing from Denver, Colorado, has spent 16 years there as a teacher, as a principal, as a superintendent of their Catholic school system. And so, Archbishop, you brought him to our Archdiocese to continue to enrich our Catholic education. Yeah, I, I really, and, and and I don't I don't say this lightly. I think this really is a, is a movement of the Holy Spirit here in in the Church in Western Oregon. That um, you know, it was it was really truly by the grace of the Holy Spirit that uh, Elias was put on my radar, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had known about him and reached out to him uh, to actually uh, initially Elias, uh, if you remember the first conversation we had. I was reaching out to Elias simply to consult mm-hmm. with the future direction for our Catholic educational efforts here in, in Western Oregon, especially with regard to our Catholic schools. And that that conversation evolved over a period of months, really, to a, sort of a formal invitation for Elias to come here and, and join me uh, and my team here in, in the Archdiocese of Portland to really bring about, I think, a real transformation. I, I, I really want to see this new effort at Catholic education to be truly transformational for our local church. And I think uh, I think I have found uh, a transformational leader. Uh, that's actually how, how Elias has been described to me by others. But it, just in the short time that I've had the opportunity to work with him here, beginning in the beginning of January, uh, I can I can see this is this is a transformational leader, and uh, so I'm just I couldn't be more excited for us uh, here as as we move sort of in a in a whole new bold direction. 
Yeah, and we just want to welcome you to the Archdiocese of Portland. He said he was he was um, shoveling the snow, so he was uh, way ahead of us in terms of the weather. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. What's funny about that is one of the things that Elias shared with me and his wife Claudia shared with me as they were contemplating a move here was that you know, yeah, you know, the the winters in in Denver can get a little bit. Uh, uh, tiresome after a while. And I, so the first time I saw him after our recent storm was, Elias, please let me reassure you, this is not typical weather in, in winter in Portland. Right, right. Well, welcome. It's great to have you Thank here. You. He's still smiling. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> what I do want to ask you first off is really your faith formation, you know, just your family life growing up and really how your Catholic faith was was introduced to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, thank you so much for having me and, and greetings to all the listeners uh, who are tuning in today. You know, um, I grew up in a, in a very Catholic, Mexican Catholic home. Um, at that, my, uh, my parents were, were immigrants from Mexico who met in the U.S. and, and found each other actually through, uh, through the charismatic renewal. Uh, they have been longtime uh, members of the charismatic renewal. And so my four siblings and I grew up in, in an incredibly Catholic, uh, faith-filled home. Uh, thanks be to God. Um, although at times, right, especially uh, in the teenage years, uh, young adult years, when the rebelliousness is kicking in, right, that we we perhaps didn't see the gift of what my parents were offering. Although, you know, we lacked perhaps in, in the eyes of the world material things. We had everything we needed. Um, mm-hmm. And the foundation there in our home was, right, love and faith. And uh, I like to share with folks. Uh, actually, it was a friend who visited um, my house growing up one day. He goes, there's more pictures of Jesus in this house than there are at the, at my church. So <laughs> uh, Jesus, Our Lady Guadalupe, John yeah. Paul II, we're all over. So uh, just to give you a sense of, you know, the home that, that my parents really, um, really had uh, and cultivated, uh, that helped to cultivate that faith, uh, ultimately, and lay those foundations. Now, with five kids in the family, and I've heard you speak a little bit, particularly of your father, and yeah. just the sacrifice to send all the five children through Catholic schools, really K through 12? Yes, that's right. Yes, so uh, we attended uh, Catholic uh, elementary school and then Catholic high school. And, and it was, you know, it was, it was definitely a sacrifice. You know, some, some people actually have heard critique the, um, the, the sense that parents are sacrificing to send ch- their children to school. And, and I have found actually that that, that that word captures it really beautifully because um, what I saw was, you know, in, in, in the case of my dad, he was so committed to ensuring that we had a stable home. Um, and that meant that he he wanted my mom to be at home with us. Mm-hmm. And so that meant, right, there was not a second income. He often worked two to three shifts over time with the produce company that he worked with, actually when he started when he was 17 and just retired from a few years ago. Mm. Um, and so there was moments where we didn't see him at home. Um, he was a migrant worker, so there was also kind of seasonal things where we just wouldn't wouldn't have him around. Um, so there was a, a level or an element of sacrifice, right? But a life-giving one at that. And, and also, uh, thanks be to God, we had the generosity and support of, of benefactors of the Archdiocese of Los Angeles um, who supported my siblings and I through scholarship uh, monies and, and support for, for my families to be able to make it happen. Right. You know, one of the things, uh, Elias, that you've shared, I've heard you share it more than once, you shared it with me, I think, in one of our earliest conversations, was I'd like you to share with our listeners uh, what your father's motivation was for sending you and your siblings to Catholic school, that how, how it was different from what you, you maybe, maybe thought it was. Yes. And in fact, I think um, it's interesting that this, this actually uh, 
helped me to uh, to have a, a better and, and, and more firm understanding of, of actually what the church proposes ultimately through her educating mission and, and through the apostolate of Catholic education in our schools. Um, but, uh, you know, growing up, um, quite frankly, the message I heard from teachers, from the school, the Catholic schools that I went to, right, of no fault, I think, of, and, 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 and no way, shape, or form to be disparaging of the good men and women that, you know, had a hand or a part in my own education um, in a Catholic school setting. But um, unfortunately, I think what we have seen, and I've experienced it firsthand, is that oftentimes the Catholic school um, has adopted kind of the secular uh, understanding of what's the highest aim or the greatest good uh, or the pearl of great price that we have to offer. Um, and especially to, you know, kids who come from low-income environments. I, I, I have experienced it more acutely. Or communities that are disadvantaged, quote-unquote, right? Um, what has been the message? Your education, the value of your education fundamentally is about what? How useful it is for you, right? Or for some of these, you know, disenfranchised communities, how little damage you can actually, you will do to society. That you can graduate from high school and go on to get a job. And, you know, you talk about the bar being low, right? And so growing up, I, frankly, that was, that was a, the message that I, I felt was the driving force. To be excellent so that, for what purpose? So that I could have greater opportunities than my dad had. Now, there's, there's something I think good ultimately and, and, and trying to, you know, be your best and do your best. But the way I interpreted that as a young man was, um, and, and the, the message was, you have to be better than your father. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so education was fundamentally about, right, this upward mobility and, and, and how much you can just, uh, in terms of career success or, mm-hmm. or academic kind success, you can success. squeeze yeah. out of it, right? Versus what my dad said to me when I started out as a principal, it, just a moment of curiosity, quite frankly, really driven by just this searching um, at the time as, as I became a principal with my pastor as we grappled with this question, what is the pearl of great price that we have to give to the students in this particular school, St. Rosalie Catholic Academy in Denver, uh, which um, contained a community that reflected my, my own growing up and you know families and students who had very similar backgrounds and experiences as I did. Um, we were really grappling with this question. And so I asked my dad, hey, dad, why all this sacrifice? Why all these things to send me and, you know, my siblings through Catholic school? Assuming in my mind, right, I'm going to hear, oh, opportunity and so on and so forth, right? Um, For you to, you know, do things that I wasn't able. And I was, I was floored. I was blown away by my dad's response, right? It was, it was very simple. He said, "Uh, my, your mom and I wanted you and your siblings to have an education that would free you to come to know and love God and discover uh, what you were created for. Mm-hmm. And even if you ended up working in the, in the fields of California, as long as you were a better man, more virtuous man than me, that would be success. I just um, love that. Yeah. And yeah. That's, the, that's at the heart of the church's understanding of, of what the, the purpose of education mm-hmm. really is. Absolutely. Elias Moe is joining us on The Voice of the Shepherd. He is our director for Catholic education here in the Archdiocese of Portland. Uh, He told me he and his wife landed on December 8th. I think, oh, isn't it beautiful how our Blessed Mother is with all of these transitions? And so he arrived. Our Lady lady had a big role. (laughs) I think so. In in bringing this about. And both and Elias could go on and on about that. But yeah, he showed up at the cathedral with his whole family, (laughs) his five boys and his wife, Claudia, for the uh, evening mass on the feast of the uh, solemnity of the Immaculate Conception, I happened to be celebrating that mass, and I looked across the way and watched them all walk in, and, and it was just a yeah. moment of great joy. But Our Lady, Our Lady, brought him here. Yeah, 
It is such a beautiful gift. And you mentioned off the air you went to Notre Dame. I now did. we've got a lot of Notre Dame alum who are part of this archdiocese, so you're going to find a lot of, of, of friends quickly. But from that experience, what led you into deciding, I want to go into education? Because you've been a teacher, as you mentioned, a principal, and then a similar lo- role like you'll have here back in Denver. What was the, the guidance to get into education? Sure. Actually, uh, quite frankly, it was you know a 22-year-old senior at Notre Dame who was trying to figure out what what was next and uh you know there was always a, a sense of um uh, of one gratitude for education and so i think that's why i gravitated towards that um just seeing the impact that education had in my own life um even just work that i did as an undergrad student um in in the realm or area of education and and then again, frankly, just searching, searching, and and so I came across the Alliance for Catholic Education program at Notre Dame. Up, decided to apply. For those of you that aren't familiar with that, it's uh, it, but you are with the secular version of it, the Teach for America program. It's a two-year teaching fellow uh, program where uh, you sign your life away, and they send you off to different parts of of the country to work in in Catholic schools uh, in different dioceses. And um, so, frankly, it was only meant to be this two-year service program that I thought, great, um, I can do this in the interim because I don't have it all figured out. <laughs> I'll apply to law school my last year, and I'll get – actually, what I want to do is get into into law and a career politics. Uh, thanks be to God I was spared from that. But um, but, but that's that's how yeah. the journey began. And in, in fact, it was that first – I still remember that first year as a teacher, 22-year-old, fifth-grade classroom uh, at the school in Denver – these 25 kids that that someone decided was a good idea to to entrust <laughs> you know to me um, it hit me at that point like I am I'm actually doing more than just teaching stuff right or handing on information these are souls to mm-hmm. be cultivated and that that began I think um, in, in a lot of ways uh, shortly in those years I also had a, a real spiritual uh, conversion reversion if you will experience where the Lord just won my heart for him and and in the process really started to shape my heart for for the mission of Catholic education and, and just fell in love with it really mm-hmm. you know and and Elias mentions there the, the phrasing he just used mission. Uh, of Catholic education. In our sort of reformation, if you will, of our efforts here in Catholic education, this is a very conscious um, uh, move, if you if you want to put it that way, that we've made. We're not, we're, we're calling this even a, a completely different department. What, what was formerly the Department of Catholic Schools is now the Office for the Mission of Catholic Education, which to a large extent, of course, is our Catholic schools, but not exclusively. Mm-hmm. And, and, and really what I'm, what I'm seeking to do here uh, in bringing Elias on board is to integrate the efforts at Catholic education more deeply into the, the lives of our parishes and to make those connections more explicitly and clearly so that the schools are seen as part of the evangelizing mission of the parish, that, that the, the, the school— is is a mission of the parish. It's part of the parish life. It's it's not some separate entity over here. You know, and and that sadly is the case. In, you know, across the country, uh, with regard to Catholic schools and parishes, is it's like it's almost like two different entities, and 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 they're even times there's two different communities in some ways. And, and so what I what I want to see is the schools as as being on mission, on mission 
to evangelize, to share the good news, to help, as, as Aaliyah said earlier, to help these, these young people know who they are uh, as, as beloved sons and daughters of God and what their, what their purpose in life is, what their ultimate destiny is, and right. to, for them to come to know the Lord Jesus and to know their faith and, and to, to be alive and, and set on fire you know, for the work of evangelization themselves in the world once, once they, they complete their, their education. And so, and, and, and Elias's title is, is not the superintendent of Catholic schools, but he is the director of Catholic education uh, for the archdiocese. So it's even the, 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 the words being used here is, is trying to communicate a reshaping of, of 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 the mission here and 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 again I, I I think you know it's it's I hope it will be truly transformational. Right. Well, and if people had an opportunity, you can look on the website. But the Church Alive newsletter released a letter that you sent out. You know, behold the Lamb of God, and you said that our schools are meant to be sacred spaces. That they're there where students encounter the imprint of God in every aspect of learning. And you know, going from those. 20-some pupils looking at you as a young 22-year-old teacher to then a principal with a leadership position and then not only one school, but you've got a whole archdiocese that you're uh, really leading. What's that mission of education when you look at our faith and then sharing with these young people and imprinting their mind and their heart? You know, uh, I've become incredibly convicted over the last many years now in, in service of Catholic schools that we have actually done a really good job at overcomplicating it. And, and I think it's actually quite simple. Matthew twenty eight nineteen, go and make disciples of all nations, <laughs> right? Uh, I think some listeners might be familiar with uh, the why do we exist statement that uh, the archbishop here has for the archdiocese. And we exist to give witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why Catholic schools exist as well. So the mission, the heart of the mission for the Catholic educational apostolate for the Catholic school is is that is it's, it's in the Lord's great commission. He says, "Go and make disciples of all nations, doing what? Teaching, instructing, mm-hmm. um, and 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 I think that that really is the essence. Ultimately, how we go about that, right, then becomes the question of how of communities and, and communities discerning in light of the reality of their particular community and, and the context of the culture and society of, of the times. How do we proclaim the gospel? Give witness to the gospel? How do we form disciples? And and." Um, as I shared in in, in that note, um, yeah, I'm 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 deeply convicted that in the times that we're in, um, our schools almost take on this this kind of rescue mission mm-hmm. mission outpost mm-hmm. in the wilderness of the culture in the times that we're in, boldly proclaiming, "Behold the Lamb of God! Mm-hmm. Here He is! Yeah. Here mm-hmm. He is!" Mm-hmm. Um, here He is in 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 right in the in the uh, logic and the patterns and sequences of mathematics. That, that gives us an insight into his genius used to to create all things um, in in the, uh, the 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 drama of the human story and and which is ultimately the story of salvation right um, every aspect of the Catholic school can point and needs to point back directly to the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Um, the Word made flesh, the Logos, uh, as the Greeks would say, right? The, the divine reason for all things. So um, it all has to continue to point back to to the Lord, and um, and that's that's the heart. So again, I think at times education has become so overcomplicated. Um, and in fact, the church 
if we really look at it, calls us to to, to the essence right there um, in in the Lord's own words. Really, you know, it's it's interesting as we're as we're recording this this broadcast. Uh, we've just come off the Sunday, uh, this last Sunday, where our Lord is 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 in the gospel teaching, and teaching with authority. Mm-hmm. Unlike the scribes, the gospel says, but the people are amazed at his teaching because he teaches uh, with his own authority. And we see this so much in the ministry and the life of Jesus, his teaching. Uh, he looks out and he, he sees you know everyone uh, and his heart is moved with pity for them. What does he do? He sits down and he teaches them. He teaches them, and again, it's, it's about who, who they are, who God is, who they are as, as God's beloved sons and daughters. Oh, again, what the what the meaning and the purpose of of their life is, and the eternal destiny to which they are called, the love to which they are called uh, in God, you know, this is this is this uh, this ministry of education of teaching is really, it's it's a fulfillment, partial fulfillment of the prophetic office of Christ, which he exercises in his church. You know, as, as priest, prophet, and king, Jesus ministers all three what we call offices or munera. As as teacher, as sanctifier, as shepherd, uh, and this this role of this prophetic voice uh, of Christ echoes in the church today. And I want our Catholic schools in integral with the life of the local church, the local parish, to be a prophetic voice of Christ speaking in the world today. And and, and as Elias has pointed out, you know, in the times that we're living right now. This prophetic voice of Christ needs to to be sounded all, all the louder and clearer uh, for the lives of our young people. Absolutely. And you think about this mission of education with our Catholic Church, Archbishop, I just think about the different partners, the different people. We're all part of that. When the people in the pews, all of the, it doesn't matter what age, we're part of that mission of evangelization, of educating, and you know, as you as you build this new team, this mm-hmm. family, um, we're all here to be disciples. Well, this is it, and and this is this is something very important to realize. And this is I'm firmly convinced of this and convicted uh, on this that that the educational mission of the church is a mission for all of us. It's 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 the mission of the church in Western Oregon. In other words, you know, whether I have a, a school in my parish or not, I am called to participate in and support the mission of, of, the, of the larger church. And this educational mission is, is part of the work of the church in Western Oregon, not just the school, not just this parish. It's, 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 it's the work of the church. And as, as, the, as the universal shepherd of this local church— you know, it's my responsibility, quite honestly. It's my duty to, to try to lead this effort uh, of, of bringing about that, that prophetic voice of, of Christ in the world today. So you're hitting on a very, actually a very important point. Because I think sometimes people do. They, they, they isolate it in their mind that, well, we don't have a school here. And, you know, I'm of an age now that, you know, I, you know I, don't, I don't have to worry about the education of my kids anymore. No, this is this 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 evangelizing mission that is our, that that is taking place or should be taking place in our Catholic schools is part of the work of the church. It's part of the work for all of us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And education doesn't end at twelfth grade right. or into college. We're always learning. We always have the opportunity to help our children 
to grow. As you come into this new place, I mean, you're just entering into another season, I think, for the Lord to work in your life and the talents he's given you. Just some thoughts that you have of just coming to our Western Oregon. We're way out west. (laughs) Um, Just what you'd like to be able to, to see and experience for you and your family. Sure. Well, you know, well, first and foremost, it's uh, it's to listen and 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 very genuinely, um, it's been a real joy for me in in these first uh, few weeks now to to begin to get to know the reality of of the Church of Western Oregon. Um, you know, certainly come from a context um, uh, in the Archdiocese of Denver, but I have the clear recognition and understanding that that the Church of Western Oregon is it has its unique reality and needs, and um, and so I'm. I'm have really cherished the opportunity to to meet our pastors, some of our school leaders already, and and look forward to uh, to really visiting all all our Catholic uh, school communities and parishes um, over the the next many months. Um, so to listen and and to listen for what purpose? To really then again to to discern with the Archbishop, um, with the his primary collaborators, his priests here in the Archdiocese, uh, to listen and, and discern the will of God. Um, you know, this is a notion I get uh, some listeners might be familiar with, Father John Ricardo, but um, you know, the idea that God has a plan um, uh, to me is, is, is a great conviction. And, and I have seen how when we surrender our you know, human agendas and preferences and, and what have you to the Lord, he gives the blueprint, right? He reveals the plan that he has in mind. And, I, and so you know, part of, of coming here really was, uh, yes, hearing the vision that, that Archbishop Sample as the shepherd of this church had for, for the church, one that I, 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 I'm convinced is coming from the Lord. But at the same time, to be able to enter into this process of discerning, right? So if this is what's most important, the proclamation of the gospel, giving witness to the gospel in the times that we're in, Lord, how do we go about doing that? in our community. Um, Show us, Lord, right? How do we do that at this particular parish school or at this Catholic high school, uh, according to the reality and the context of the times that we're in? Um, I I have found, right, that the human person is just hungry, hungry for what? To know, why why have I been created? For what purpose? What is my mission in this world? And our Catholic schools, I think, are are positioned in particular to give really concrete, direct, and and profound answers to that question. Um, But how we go about doing that, right, is, is I think, the the task that's in front of us, uh, discerning that. But that's going to be a discernment with the archbishop with his with his pastors um, with his priests who are the spiritual fathers of of our church and um and so um, i'm just i'm looking i'm excited i'm looking forward to engaging initially in this process of of, of discernment and listening um but where would i, I like this that that in the future right people would say that um that that they encountered uh and had a transformational encounter with jesus christ in 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 our schools, mm-hmm. that would be the to me the fruit of the, the, the mission that right would be there. The greatest, right? The greatest that their lives were transformed. Say. That they experienced the healing touch of our Lord through some experience that they had at a Catholic school. Amen. Yeah. Well, as we continue to celebrate our Catholic schools during this Catholic Schools Week, continue to pray for Elias, his family, but for the Archdiocese to continue to respond to the Holy Spirit and Our Lady, the Immaculate Conception, will guide us each and every moment of the way. I'm looking forward to 2024, Archbishop. Oh, it's going to be an exciting time. It is an exciting time. With that, would you help us close with your blessing, please? And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families, and your loved ones, 
and be with you this day and forever. Amen. Amen. And as always, we want to thank you for joining us here on The Voice of the Shepherd. We invite you to join us again next week for Archbishop Alexander Sample and our guest today, Elias Mo. I'm Dina Marie, and may God bless you. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.